0: From WUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Taylor Burnett. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. This week on The Outlet, reporter Madison Moore explains the substitute bus driver shortage at Alexander local schools and how it affects the school day.
1: 5 o'clock in the morning phone call, hey, such and such is sick, and I jump on it, and then there's times that, hey, you've got three days in advance, learn this route, and and you can be on it.
0: And Taylor Mondragon went out to talk with OU students who helped people smooch-a-pooch this Valentine's Day.
2: This is Rocky. He's about 10 months old, and uh, if I could use one word to describe him, it would be lovable.
0: These stories and more, right here on The Outlet. School districts nationwide are experiencing a staffing shortage. WUB reporter Madison Moore talks with one Athens County school district about how it handles a big one.
3: That's the sound of an Alexander local school bus returning from its afternoon student drop-off. This public school district and school districts nationwide are struggling to get enough substitute bus drivers behind the wheel. With only two full-time substitute drivers, Alexander Local Schools is looking for quite a few more. Joe Smith is one of the two full-time substitute bus drivers at Alexander Local Schools, and he says he usually drives a different route every day.
1: Some days there has been first in the morning, you know, five o'clock in the morning, phone call, hey, such and such is sick, and I jump on it, and then there's times that, hey, you've got three days in advance, learn this route, and and you can be on it, you know? Um, So it kind of differs.
3: Smith has children who attend Alexander local schools, so when he learned that there was a substitute driver shortage, he applied for a position. Closing her bus doors for the day is Carly Jordan, another Alexander local school's parent and first-year bus driver. Jordan says the more substitutes, the better.
0: So the more the merrier obviously we want not to have our mechanics have to go in there and drive when they should be in the garage hoping you know if a bus breaks down or something.
3: You're hearing the sounds of maintenance being performed on a school bus. That mechanic would be Shane Thompson.
1: Well actually I just drove yesterday for a bus driver that didn't show up but um, we do it
0: Oh, uh, maybe five to 10 times, you know, a year. Yeah, during the school year, if somebody can't show up, we just kind of fill in whenever we need to be.
3: Shane says student safety is a priority for him, and he prefers to be on deck just in case a packed bus breaks down on a route.
0: So we don't have to worry about the kids setting in a bus for an hour
2: while we're out on another route and have to wait on us to get another bus to them.
3: Bus driver shortages have been climbing since the start of the pandemic, but factors like retirement and resignation have played a key role in the shortage. This year, the hourly wage for substitute drivers went from $14 to now $18. Opening the door of Alexander Elementary School, Superintendent Will Hampton says,
4: We had to do that to be competitive. Uh, Local districts around us were paying significantly more.
3: When asked if wages would ever exceed $18, Hampton responded,
4: at the moment no, but that's all that's very that's likely if everyone else has to change as well.
3: The district now has three substitute drivers in training in the hopes that more personnel can help with this shortage. For the outlet, I'm Madison Moore in Albany. All you need is a
0: commercial driver's license to fill these positions and the transportation department guides you the rest of the way. heart disease is one of the leading causes of death for Americans every year. WUB reporter Lexi Lepoff talks to local experts about prevention.
3: Jen Bennett and the team at WellWorks say improving your heart health can be quite simple.
5: Move your body, uh, fuel your body, rest your body.
3: 30 minutes of exercise, nutritious eating, a minimum of seven hours of sleep, all small changes to reduce risk. Ohio health cardiologist Dr. Koshal agrees.
1: Those kind of lifestyle interventions have as much um, benefit as, for example, putting a stent inside the heart or doing a bypass surgery.
3: Heart disease is the number one killer in the U.S. And American Heart Month gives people a reason to think about their heart health. No matter the fitness level, Bennett says there is no judgment in starting today.
5: We know people aren't coming here to be the best treadmill runners or kettlebell swingers or elliptical goers. They're here to support the lifestyle that they have outside of these walls. So we just provide them a safe uh, and supportive environment that
3: they can do that. Bennett and Koshal agree changes will not only help heart health, but overall well-being. In Athens, I'm Lexi Lepoff for The Outlet.
0: Two solid waste companies are bidding for the spot as Athens' primary trash, recycling, and composting pickup service. Reporter Emma Dolanmayer hears from local leaders and Athens residents about what they
6: want.
2: I'm torn. I am really torn.
6: Cost to residents versus sustainability. A large corporate company versus a local one. RUMPKE VERSUS ATHENS HAWKING RECYCLING COMPANY. THESE ARE THE FACTORS THE ATHENS CITY COUNCIL MUST WEIGH WHEN DETERMINING WHICH COMPANY TO EXTEND THE NEXT SOLID WASTE CONTRACT BID.
2: WHAT I'M HAVING TROUBLE WITH IS BALANCING A COMPANY THAT'S DONE A VERY, VERY GOOD JOB, AHRC, FOR SEVEN OR EIGHT YEARS AND A COMPANY THAT'S 1.7 MILLION DOLLARS LESS.
6: IF THE CITY CHOOSES TO re-sign WITH AHRC, YOUR BILL WILL GO UP 6 DOLLARS AND 48 CENTS a 37% hike. Uptown businesses will see the same. But most of community members speaking at the meeting feel AHRC's detailed sustainability plan puts the city's bid on top, despite increases to people's bills.
2: When we asked uh, for bidders for the solid waste and recycling contract, we asked them to look at both operational and sustainability goals. So there were two sort of main pieces. Please show us that you can actually do this service, and show us how you're going to help us to continue to manage waste sustainably. Uh, one of the bids did both of those things, the other one did not focus on sustainability and being a partner within the city of Athens, and that's why I suggested that AHRC was the was the best bid.
6: Both AHRC and Rumpke, though, will be offering the same services, including curbside composting a service residence value. Council member Swink says he doesn't believe the lack of specifics in Romke's bid doesn't mean they won't focus on sustainability too.
2: I guess the thing I heard tonight was uh, that, uh, that that one company can do this and another can't. It's not so much that the company's doing it; this company is partnering with others. You know, and uh, I, I have no reason to believe the other company can't do the same thing.
6: For the outlet, I'm Emma Dolan,
0: An option for both companies to go into contract with the city is available. City Council discusses the issue again in two weeks, before three readings on the contract. Council then votes for contract approval at the third and final reading. (laughs) Athens has a plethora of sidewalks, and for many is considered a walkable community. But Athens isn't always the most accessible city for those who use wheelchairs and other mobility aids to navigate their daily lives.
7: Across Athens, many sidewalks are in need of repairs. Many are uneven, have bricks sticking out, and not to mention sidewalk cuts are also not even. 34.9% of Athens residents walk their commute. The city has 38 miles of sidewalk, nine of which are not in compliance with the Americans with Disabilities Act. At the forefront of that is Dave McNally, a longtime Athens resident who is in a wheelchair and deals with these struggles daily.
2: Sometimes going out into the street in Athens means that you have to go over bricks that are just as bad as that sidewalk. So sometimes I have to give up and just not go to the place I was going to. Um, Or go, you know, a half a mile around in a different route to be able to get there.
7: The ad hoc pedestrian committee decided to take these matters into their own hands. They have created a long-term plan that will solve many of these issues that pedestrians face. The first step is making businesses handicap accessible.
2: This year they've allocated $30,000 for businesses. They can apply to, you know, put put a ramp up to their business, uh, put in accessible parking, um, widen doorways, put in a push-button door. So with that, we hope to also gradually increase uh, business accessibility.
7: Their goals are to make Athens safer for everyone. The founder, Arian Smedley, says matters are urgent.
0: We don't want to wait for someone to seriously hurt themselves. If we see the problem, we really should have a plan to address it. I know it's complicated um, and I know it's expensive, but it's just the right thing to do. While this is just the beginning for the committee, they are planning to allocate at least $3 million of their efforts, which will span over many years. That was Chloe G. Workman for The Outlet. A group of graduate students advocate for better pay and better health care, because many say what they receive now is just not enough. I spoke with members of Geo about what they want. The minimum stipend per semester for a full graduate student appointment at Ohio University is $3,900 for 20 hours a week, the most they can work. The stipends vary by program and come with some employment benefits, but many graduate students say they feel the money isn't enough to survive on.
8: The university has talked about, you know, incre- you know working on the mental health of graduate students, and that's a top priority.
0: That's Courtney silver Peavy, a fourth year PhD student.
8: Pay us more. We will be happier. We will, not, we will be happier. We'll be healthier. We'll do a better job. We, you know, we, overall, if you are in better physical and mental health, your job is going to be better. Our research is going to be better.
0: silver Peavy studies amphibians, taking soil samples and watching hours of frog footage. She uses her free time to advocate for herself and fellow graduate students with a graduate employee organization. Also known as GEO graduates care about having better grad students to teach them. Professors care about having better grad students to work with them. and Gio was brought back to Ohio University in 2020 to increase health insurance subsidies. Silver Peavy says the group continues to work toward a better working environment for both graduate students and graduate student employees. GEO is asking for a 100% health care subsidy and a 12% stipend increase for graduate students with assistantships. The figures are based on inflation and the raised minimum wage. The healthcare subsidy covers 60% of graduate students with assistantships insurance premium, an improvement GEO advocated for. It used to be 10% covered a few years ago. Other universities in Ohio, like the University of Cincinnati, pay a higher minimum stipend. For a PhD student with a graduate assistantship, the minimum is around $6,500 per semester. GEO surveyed over 500 graduate students at Ohio University and found major concerns about healthcare, stipends, and general fees. Silver PV said it showed that graduate students are under extreme financial stress.
8: So the stipends are are affecting health of graduate students um, and, and not, not not even accounting for mental health, but the actual health and safety of graduate students.
0: This includes all graduate students, not just those with assistantships. Victoria Marinova is a member of GEO and a fourth year mass communication, Ph.D. candidate. The program she's in does not have students teach in their fourth year.
8: I ended up in the ER with COVID, and I owe a lot of money to the hospital. I have sleepless nights trying to figure out how I'm going to pay my bills, just trying to survive.
0: GEO focuses on graduate students' main concerns, advocating through letter-writing campaign in discussions with Ohio University President Hugh Sherman. The demands have not been met so far. Silver PV is also a member of Graduate Council, which is doing a review of graduate student stipends. Ohio University spokesperson Daniel Pittman says Sherman regularly meets with graduate student Senate representatives and geo-representatives to discuss concerns, but he did not comment on actions they would take if the Graduate Council's review shows graduate students are struggling because the review is not yet finished. But the review of stipends is nearly done. Silver Peavy says the early data shows graduate stipends at Ohio University do not measure up to those across the country. You
8: know, look look at nationwide, our averages are lower than we should be comfortable with, lower than morally we should be okay with. But put that aside, inflation, cost of living, no matter what, just looking at OU.
0: The full review is set to be presented at the next Graduate Council meeting in March. Valentine's Day is all about showing love to the people you care about. But this year, a fundraiser in Athens made sure nobody forgot about furry friends from the Athens County Dog Shelter. Reporter Taylor Mondragon smooches some Athens County pooches.
9: Typical surprises on Valentine's Day include chocolate, flowers, and heart-shaped balloons. Bobcats of the shelter dogs and Alpha Omicron Pie decided adoptable puppies are much more fun.
5: Today we are having a fundraiser for the Athens County Dog Shelter and we are calling it Smooch-a-Pooch.
9: The Athens County Dog Shelter is a no-kill shelter with the goal of getting their residents to permanent homes.
5: We have a couple of dogs here um, and you can come up and take some photos with the dogs, either a Polaroid or just a regular photo. Um, And then we also have a bake sale going on. By
9: allowing them to interact with others in fundraisers like these, the dogs learn social skills and possibly get to meet their potential new family.
2: All of the dogs here today. and on the Athens County uh, dog shelter website are adoptable. They come spayed and neutered with all their shots.
9: For two dollars, participants had a choice of four photogenic pups to take a Polaroid picture with.
2: This is Rocky, he's about 10 months old and uh, if I could use one word to describe him, it would be lovable.
9: All of the money raised through the fundraiser will go directly to the shelter. If you couldn't make it to the event, Bobcats of the Shelter Dog says there are still ways you can help.
6: Go to the Athens County um, Dog Shelter Facebook page. If you go onto their Amazon, they have it linked on their page. Um, And we have a giant wish list of everything that we want on there. With Newswatch,
9: I'm Taylor Mondragon in Athens.
0: A lot of love in Athens County this week. Taylor also reports on a tree-hugging competition?
3: came to hug
9: trees. Dozens gather at Lake Hope to put their tree hugging skills to the test.
5: Welcome everybody to the first, hopefully annual, tree hugging competition.
9: Kaylin Callender, a naturalist at Lake Hope, found out about the international competition in Finland and decided to bring it to Ohio. According to Kaylin, this is the first tree hugging competition in all of North America.
5: Tree hugging just seemed wacky enough that I, was, I had to try it. The competition consists of four different events,
9: speed hugging, biggest hug, most dedicated, and freestyle.
5: Uh, We have speed hugging, each participant hugging as many trees as they can for at least five seconds within a minute. Biggest hug, you're wrapping your hands around a tree, and then we're taking a measurement in between fingertips. Most dedicated, how long you can hang onto a tree without your feet touching the ground. Our last and most interesting event, I think, for today is going to be the freestyle event. Any way that a participant can commune with at least one tree and how creative that communion is, is going to be the winner. Participants
6: left their events with goals set for the future. When I get home, I am going to think about doing another event next time.
9: Others came to terms with their strengths with positive affirmations. Sometimes it's okay to give up. (laughs) But all found or rekindled their love with the...
6: (laughs)
0: so it was a particularly warm week for february woub's lead forecaster aaron ashley has some insight
5: into why exactly it was so warm dude it was insane like it got to the point where you walk outside and you're like i don't even care what the temp- the thermometer says because i know all i need to know actually Said I don't need my winter coat anymore. And, like, that is just music to your ears in February. It was actually record-breaking in parts of the area. Clarksburg, West Virginia, had a previous record of about 69 degrees for their high temperature, which was set back in 1954. And it was broken just the other day on February 15th with a new temperature rating of 76 degrees, which is insane for February, especially in the What should be peak winter, you know, even Elkins, West Virginia had a record breaker. The previous record was about 71 degrees. So it was set in 1909 and it was also broken on the 15th with a reading of 72 degrees. So not too much of a jump, but still 70s. Yeah, that's extremely warm for the day after Valentine's Day. I know. I know. I guess you could say love wasn't the only thing in the air this past week. (laughs) Oh, my. That was a good one, Erin. That was a good one. So, you know, why is it actually so hot outside right now? So, very good question, and there's a lot of reasons. Well, we were actually chilling out in what us meteorologists call the warm sector of a developing system which in this case was down in the southwest United States before it pushed out towards the east, which is why we see a ton of rain today. I'll get to that in a second. But we saw the effects of the warm sector um, on overnight into the 15th. So the later Valentine's Day, we saw pretty warm temperatures on Valentine's Day, actually. But it really peaked on the 15th with all those record-breaking temperatures. And again, that's because of the warm sector, which is... A ton of air was being pushed up from the Gulf region and also just, you know, the southern United States in general. And so that brought up a ton of warm air and a ton of moisture as well. So we just had a very pleasant day because of the effects of that warm sector. And so it's actually kind of deceiving because with the developing system, yeah, we get a ton of that nice temperatures of those nice warm temperatures being brought up by, um, what the part of the storm that's called the warm sector but then um just to the west of that warm sector is that cold front which you hear us talk about a lot and that is just an influx of really like a sharp temperature change and so we get a ton of strong winds and also colder temperatures and usually because of that drastic change in temperature you are going to see rain. And that's usually why, well, fun fact, why cold fronts are usually the cause of rainy days that we see today. Yeah. So what can we expect in the next week? So in the next week, you can actually expect temperatures to drop with this system that is just barreling our region today on Thursday. But by Friday, expect moisture to sort of stick around. And actually, tonight we might hear a crack of thunder or two because of this system. Like it's, we were on the, um, what was called the uh, severe weather outlook. We were under a slight risk for severe weather um, today, which for this time of year is kind of extravagant because again, it's February and usually you don't expect cracks of thunder or two. But again, can't rule that out heading throughout the night tonight. By Friday, as that cold front brings all those colder temperatures, it's going to really decrease our daytime highs tomorrow and Friday. Expect something like a little bit more seasonable um, in the 40s. And overnight lows are going to climb, unfortunately, back below freezing. In fact, expect things to really start to drop, be more bitter overnight. So, I would say enjoy the warm temperatures while you can because they're not going to stick around, but you really can't do that because it's raining so much and it'll likely continue throughout the day off and on.
0: It is challenging to enjoy those warm temperatures out in that rain, Erin. <laughs> I know. That was WUB lead forecaster, Aaron Ashley. Assistant producer Caleb McCluskey sits down with Aiden Crowley to talk Bobcat men and women's basketball.
2: So Aiden, I heard we have a lot of good news today for winter sports. So tell me what's been going on. What was happening this weekend?
1: Yeah, Caleb, for sure. I guess first we'll start with the guys because they're getting hot at the right time, Caleb. We always know this with college basketball. You want to be playing your best basketball mid-late February and then of course March turning time, March Madness when that comes around. And right now the Bobbies are rolling. They've rattled off four straight wins including a huge win against Akron on Friday and then they picked up a big win against Buffalo on Valentine's Day, Tuesday and that game was really a tale of two halves. They came out kind of flat in the first half but their defense was really picking it up oh, and then yeah. they just exploded in that second half they ended up with 85 points. They scored 90 against Akron. So this offense is clicking on all cylinders.
2: You could say his offense is really cooking at the right time.
1: They definitely are. And Jalen Hunter is someone who's come alive for this Bobcat team. He's a mm. transfer and it took him a little bit to kind of come into the system, but he's mentioned in recent games that he's gotten a lot more comfortable in Jeff Bowles' system. And Jalen Hunter over this stretch, he has three 20 point games. He also contributed a 19 point game, so he's clicking. And then of course Dwight Wilson. You can't talk about this team without talking about the the anchor for this ball club. So they're really getting hot at the right time and down the stretch. I mean, they got a big one circled on their calendar, February 28th at Kent State. So right now, they just need to keep the train rolling and go into Cleveland hot. And mm. it kind of feels like 2 years ago a little bit Caleb cuz 2 years ago, OU kind of walked in as that 4th seed, but they were hot at the right time.
2: Talk to me a little bit about that Buffalo game because the Bobcats started out flat. Making open shots when needed to, they were making smart decisions, and because I was at the game myself personally, and even Hunter was getting like steals back and forth, and I was just like, okay, this team is making due diligence when it needs when it like when time comes. So,
1: a hundred percent, this is a team that plays for each other. They like to spread the wealth and they like to get everybody involved. Uh, they had three starters in double figures, being Miles Brown, Jalen Hunter, Dwight Wilson, and Elmore James. They came to life, obviously, dishing the rock. And like you mentioned, they were kind of struggling a little bit, but they got a timely steal and they would go down and they'd hit a timely bucket when mm-hmm. they needed to. So not to say that they were struggling in the first half. They were still leading, still but leading. it was a different offense from the first to the second. They scored 34 points in the first half and then 51 in the second. So they were able to kind of figure it out and get clicking. And they go on the road next week. Uh, They are going to be taking on the Central Michigan Chippewas and what should be a good contest. And something also to note is that going into the contest against Buffalo, OU and Buffalo were tied in the standings. So that was an even bigger win to kind of catapult OU up in the standings. Right now they sit tied for fifth.
2: So, Aiden, I heard we had a special moment this weekend for women's basketball, so tell me about that a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah, Caleb. Thankfully, I was able to be in attendance for this one because, like you mentioned, it was special. They were able to sneak away with a 72-71 win on Saturday against the Northern Illinois Huskies, and Yaya Felder put her stamp on this game in the fourth quarter. She finished with 23 points, but 15 of those came in the fourth quarter and with two seconds to go, down one, head coach Bob Bolden draws up an out of bounds kind of alley-oop lob pass to Felder. She goes up and gets it scores the bucket with one second left to take the lead and they hold on to the lead in that last second. Northern Illinois had a chance to win it came up short and this was a huge win for this Bobcat team just their morale because Earlier in the season, it kind of felt like those baskets that are bouncing around the rim, you don't know if it's going to go in or out. It seemed to never fall the Bobcats' way, but on Saturday it did, and that was big for them. Felder obviously had a great game. Caitlin Kroll contributed her second double-double of the season, and this is just a team that, despite the hardship that they faced this year, and they'll be the first to tell you this has been a disappointing season for them, uh... they have stuck together and they really try and play for one another and that's something that's really inspiring and it showed on that Saturday because they got down as much as six in that fourth quarter. And this is a team that just didn't blink. And Caitlin Kroll was completely honest to us in the post-game press conference. She said, listen, we've been down before. We've been down a lot this season. So that was an unfamiliar territory for each other. It was just about looking at each other in that huddle, coming together and figuring it out. And they did in a big way. Like I mentioned, Yaya with 23, she's been spectacular. The MAC leading scorer currently – Hovering around that twenty one twenty two point per game mark, and she can just go get her shot and She said that she just felt like she had to go win it for this team, and she did It was really special uh for this ball club, but unfortunately, they came up short Wednesday uh against Ball State, which is the top team in the Mac currently they lost that one seventy eight fifty three that was a tough game in Muncie, Indiana, so the big loss for them, but something to note Northern Illinois, the team that they knocked off on Saturday, ended up picking a win up against Bowling Green which Bowling Green and Ball State were the top two teams so Northern Illinois with that big upset kind of hurts OU's chances at trying to sneak in I know it was kind of jumbled at the bottom of uh, the women's standings for the MAC and Northern Illinois was that team that OU was trying to chase down for that eighth spot so that big upset win hurts them a little bit but it's really just about playing for one another down this stretch and I think they really showed that on Saturday in that win.
0: The Ohio Bobcats men's basketball team added some key pieces to its roster for the 2022 and 2023 season. One of them is a freshman who has caught the attention of fans with his quick success. WUB reporter Darius Sethna has more.
10: The Convocation Center has been home to the Ohio Bobcats since 1968. It is a place where fans have come to cheer on the green and white for more than 50 seasons. There's been a lot to cheer about for this year's men's basketball team as well, which is fueled by a boatload of young talent. And first year star Elmore James is at the forefront of that. James knows a thing or two when it comes to being a successful basketball player.
4: Well, going into the game, our big thing was just having a sense of urgency. We knew we couldn't have a drop off going into the second half, so.
10: In his freshman year at Brush High School in his hometown of Cleveland, Elmore earned a spot on the boys' varsity team roster. Things started to bloom in his junior year when he averaged just under 30 points, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists per game. The results of that? A spot on the Division I All-Ohio First Team and the Western Reserve Conference Player of the Year award. First of all, did you uh, did you get to watch the Super Bowl last night? Yeah, I watched the Super Bowl. That yeah. was, well, that was a very. We recently had the chance yeah, to talk with Elmore cool cool during cool. one of the Bobcats' person. practices, yeah. and he and and told us how his experience
4: in high school, high school, school helped like like him grow. Right corner, mm-hmm. you know? Well, definitely like, first off, having good grades, you know, off the court, you know, because that stuff matters, you know. You can't really be successful in basketball if you don't got the grades. So, and then also like, you know, just trusting in the process, you know, because. Things won't always go your way, but it's about being level-headed and continue to work through it no matter what.
10: During those years, Elmore took his game to even higher heights. The Nike Elite Youth Basketball League, also known as the EYBL, is one of the top youth basketball programs in the United States. This league has produced some of the NBA's brightest young stars, including Trey Young, Jamal Murray, DeAndre Ayton, Jason Tatum and this year's number one overall pick, Paolo Bancaro. Elmore played on a team called All Ohio Red. What was that experience like? Cause you're competing with, you know, a lot of like the young NBA prospects we see today competed mm-hmm. in that league, you know, you're competing really at that point at the highest level. So what was that like mm-hmm. for you too? Uh,
4: it was a good experience playing against those type of guys, you know, like, and there was a lot of exposure obviously. So feel like uh leading up to my senior year of high school, you know, playing against those type of dudes definitely prepared me for my senior season at brush. So it was a good it was a good experience.
10: Would you say it was harder at that level than at mm-hmm. the high
4: school level? I would say yeah, it was it was a lot harder, yeah, because you got guys from all over that you know, that they've been playing basketball since like fourth, fifth grade, just like me, you know. Right. They have like visual one scholarships, you know. The athleticism is different too for sure. Like so we just playing against the best of the best really.
10: This season with the Bobcats has been monumental during Elmore's journey. Ohio was not the only school Elmore received an offer from. Other highly recognized programs like Kent State, Toledo, Tulane, and North Texas were also on the table. The decision to choose Ohio
4: came down to the people Elmore knew. Being able to meet my teammates, you know, kind of mesh with them early in the summer, leading up to now. Feel like it's made a big difference on and off the court. You know, coming down here and like meeting all the coaches. You know, I knew it was home the day I came down here. You know, they That's care awesome. about they care about the players as people only. Well, as people first and then players second. You know, that type of stuff matters to me. So,
10: those relationships Elmore fostered with the team over the summer have been vital, especially during the ups and downs of a long season.
4: It's the reason why we're starting to turn things around because. We lost a few games, we could have put our heads down, you know, and just folded on each other. But instead, we stayed together like Coach Coach Bowles always tells us to do. You know, everybody just continued to keep getting closer. We keep trusting each other more and more as games go on. And I feel like as the season's been flowing, you know, we've all been getting more and more comfortable as the game's been going on. So I think that's the key, especially around this time, you know, heading into the MAC tournament, which we're trying to make. So as long as we continue to stay together, I feel like we'll still continue to, like, flip things around like we've been doing.
10: Elmore's continued improvement this year has given him the opportunity to showcase his skills on the floor. Elmore has started the last eight games for Ohio. He's averaging just over eight points and two rebounds while playing around 24 minutes per game. Despite the success, Elmore
4: knows there's still room to grow. I just want to keep being, you know, just keep being a team-first player. Obviously, you know, and letting all the other stuff handle itself. You know, I just want this team to win. That's what I, all I really care about. Really, just playing hard and helping contribute to our team winning. Just seeing everybody happy, that's what matters really. So it's like all the other stuff would come, you know, just working hard in my own time. But my main goal right now is just being a team player.
10: Elmore has a chance to work on his game Saturday when the Bobcats take on Central Michigan. I'm Darius Sethna in Athens for The Outlet.
0: Saturday's game tips off at two o'clock in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. The music included in this package was created by Julie D'Alessio and Gary Miller. That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. The outlet is produced each week by me, Taylor Burnett, and my assistant producer, Kayla McCleskey. We're edited by Atish Baidia, Aaron Payne, and David Forster. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gappos. Subscribe to the outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts. You can find us online at wub.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at outlet underscore wub or Instagram at newswatch underscore outlet. We'll be back next week with more stories from Southeast Ohio.